It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Back to the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Show on the network. Good Lord. It is the world famous Jiggy Jaguar Radio broadcast. We are coast to coast and border to border on TuneIn, iTunes, of course, TalkShoe.com. Our brand new app is available, JiggyJaguar.com. Find us on Twitch as well. Sunday radio broadcast as well, and Talk America Live. And thanks for joining us today here in our big program. Before we get back to our first segment here in the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar radio broadcast, let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners at Transmedia Worldwide. Check out GoFunders.net slash invite, the number five, dot PHP, question mark, ID, Equals 13129. Are you still using the same old broken marketing methods? So much has changed. Take advantage of this new technology. First time, never before seen technology. Massive opportunity to profit. By becoming a founder now before they open... Cheers to the greatest opportunity so far in the history of internet marketing. With a remarkable degree of devotion and profoundly hard, deep commitment. This new business is totally done for you. Including all of those people who cannot or will not recruit on their own. It's the internet's most powerful global opportunity ever created. And it has arrived. A few more founder positions are left. You can hurry in. Time to explode your income on complete autopilot. Go to GoFunders.net slash invite the number five dot PHP question mark ID equals one three one two nine and check it out today and tell them you heard about it here. Transmedia worldwide. We've got more coming up right now. It's our first segment of the world famous Chiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. Back to the Chiggy Jaguar radio show on the network. Here was a linguist. I had linguist. no idea. <laughs> I love I didn't that. know you were in the but I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267-22 Jiggy. Daddy Hey Jiggy, what's happening, man? Must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy play guitar. Jeff. It's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey. I'm the uh, you know we used to catch me on Jiggy Jag TV. And uh, see a few messages up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Welcome to the next edition of the world famous Jiggy Jaguar radio broadcast. Coast to coast and boulder to boulder on 50 plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world. KFRK in Denver. World Radio Network. Also, find us on the mix on Tuesdays. Sunday radio broadcast each and every week. And Talk America Live each and every Saturday. Download our podcast at TalkShoe or go to J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-U-A-R.com for more information. 
We have been talking a little bit about these folks. We're going to continue to talk about these folks because they are absolutely amazing. They are our latest marketing partner here at Transmedia Worldwide. Check out tiny.cc slash f HF18. Uh, that's the GoFundMe link to a uh, incredible family house fire. The family's house burned down a few weeks ago, and my mom barely made it out alive and only had time to grab some shoes at her cat. House is completely destroyed, and it's still under investigation as to what happened exactly. But it's looking like poor electrical wiring because it made its way through the attic very quickly, not showing up on top of the roof, and therefore causing the firefighters to believe it was smaller than it actually was. Well, I'm currently living in Istanbul working on a documentary on the Syrian refugee crisis and working as an ESL teacher. So I'm not able to go home, and I'm trying to help from abroad as best I can. Check out GoFundMe.com. Search Family House Fire 18. Don't put any spaces in there. Just do Family House Fire 18. No spaces. Don't put any spaces in there. Don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to lose them in the search results. We need you to go over to Family House Fire 18 on GoFundMe.com. Check it out today. My mom is a single... We're just going to get to our next guest. <laughs> we don't have time for this nonsense. Here. So we are going to see if we can get Dr. Nick Delgado on the line. I'll try him again. I guess we'll go on the traditional telephone. I'm not going to take that for an answer. So we'll call up his backup number. Let's see if we can get Dr. Nick on the line. Nick Delgado here. Dr. Nick, how are you? It's James Lowe calling you for your radio interview. How are you, sir? I'm doing amazing, James. Well, thanks for joining us today here on a broadcast. We have got a uh, super guest with us today. Boy, oh boy, just in time to celebrate Valentine's Day. Uh, Thursday, of course, with an appropriate romantic new book, Mastering Love, Sex, and Intimacy, just out. And uh, he's been with us several times, the famed health expert, Dr. Nick Delgado. He's author of many books that really help people. And he joins us today here on the broadcast. Tell us a little bit about this book, my friend. Well, I'm excited about the book because it's called Mastering Love, Sex, and Intimacy. And the book really evolved over literally a 37-year period of doing research and really trying to understand what is the connection between the feelings that we call love and how do we define intimacy and a quality sex life. So these are the questions that I posed and answered in the book. And really, I've really created an online course because some people want to listen to the book on Audible. Some want to get segments in more depth. But the book's 201 pages. It's available on Amazon right now. And it's already getting five-star reviews. I'm excited about it because it's kind of a...
keep that passion going time after time, encounter after encounter, and over hopefully a lifetime for the length of the relationship. So that's kind of what went into it, and I think the premise is that people Physical issues. There are other things that we relate to when we think about love and intimacy. So I'm sure your listeners um, are concerned about relationships because when you ask people what is the most important thing that a woman looks for in a man, it's his smile. And it's interesting because a smile radiates confidence and happiness and possibly even love. So we as humans sometimes forget to smile, right? We've got Dr. Nick Delgado with us today. He joins us live in a broadcast mastering love, sex, and intimacy. Dr. Nick's brand new book just out this week and available for Valentine's Day. This is getting rave reviews. Tell us about some of the different reviews you've gotten on the book so far. Well, people are talking about, including John Gray, who wrote the book Men Are From Mars and Women Are From Venus, sold over 40 million copies. And when... John reviewed the book. He said, this is an amazing book that will help people to really add excitement, not only to the bedroom, but to overall the passionate intimacy of their life. And I I think that, you know, some people get so buried in their career and the demands of day-to-day of life, and we sometimes lose track. But with Valentine's Day here, I, I think we really always have to visit that time, whether we're single or in a relationship. I think that the real question becomes, how good is the communication between you and your lover? And you have to start with that concept because communication, whether it be not just verbal, but at the intimate level of holding, kissing, and we call that kinesthetic or feeling love, or it could be beyond auditory, it could be visual. How do you, how do you perceive to your significant other? What is the look? that you give that significant other and what how do you dress up? How do you appear in public and how do you appear to your lover? So these are just three and of course there's another love language called acts of love where you basically do things for that person that's important in your life. So I like to tell uh, my couples that do all four of them. You know, go about uh, doing uh, the laundry for your lady. You know, do pick up the kids and help make dinner, do some things, and the ladies help the guys to get some of their chores done or at least schedule them and help them in their day-to-day. They come home from a long day of work or they you both come home from a long day of work because rules have changed a lot. Would you say, James? Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. It is Dr. Nick Delgado. He's with us today here in our broadcast. He has got a fantastic new book, Mastering Love, Sex, and Intimacy. It is a fantastic, fantastic book. And he joins us today here on our big broadcast. Now, why did you decide to write this book, Dr. Nick? Well, it actually started in a rather humbling and embarrassing experience. Uh, my wife of five years, when I was first married... Uh, told me that I am a lousy lover. And that was after five years of being together, and I thought, wow, you know, what What did I miss? How could I have not known that I was not meeting the love needs of my wife? And so once I realized that somehow both me as a male in, in today's society uh, I had read the book, What You Always Want to Know About Sex, but were afraid to ask. In the book, I applied all the principles, but everything I did was wrong. And by the current standards of my new book, 
people will start to realize that there's far much to pleasing your mate uh, at the communicative level, at the sensitivity of how do you touch your mate, what is the difference between different women and men, and how do you have play a role? And I basically because I really wanted to save my marriage, but at the time, I started writing the book to kind of chronologically list what I was doing, whether I was really apparently making mistakes. And then I read a book called She Comes First. And that book actually kind of told me that I needed to finish this book because there's still a lot of misinformation amongst the public. And I, I guarantee you, if you get our book, either ebook on uh, Amazon today, you get the credit copy, just order it today and have it sent out to you. It's only $15.22. You get the book and you're going to find out that John Gray was absolutely right. This book has been needed to really restore and enhance relationships at the highest level. How to communicate, how to pitch your mate, how to please your mate. And keep in mind, guys, women take about 20 minutes to warm up before they're really kind of receptive and ready for you. Men, as you know, are reactive and, you know, respond sometimes within three minutes. So we really have to kind of change the game of intimacy and love and relationships. And that's the beginning by just reading this book and getting the clear step-by-step, the three easy steps that we help people to communicate, how to touch, how to engage, and more importantly, how to truly know whether you pleased your wife or not or your significant other or girlfriend because it's a rather complex subject, but... Most textbooks say that 75% of women fake their orgasm, believe it or not. 75%, and that's a statistic that's been true for the last 50 years. So if you ask me why is this book important, it's absolutely essential if people are going to hold, because I believe sex is the glue to relationships. It's not the main thing, because most most couples will complain, well, we don't have enough money, We're, you know, they'll complain about financial things or other things outside of the bedroom, but they all stem directly or indirectly to that high level of communication. In other words, younger lovers tend to direct each other to what they need, but sometimes as we fall into a committed older relationship, we just lose track and we just don't want to be told, well, I don't like it that way, you know, and so guys tend to get their ego involved. So it's really important then this book teaches people how to open up their communication, how to sincerely take friendly communication in terms of criticism, but more importantly, how to act on that and do your very best to become a great, great lover for Valentine's Day. We have got a great guest with us today. He joins us live, Dr. Nick Delgado, Mastering Love, Sex, and Intimacy. What are some of your goals for this book? Well, of course, I want it to be an Amazon bestseller. I want it to be a New York Times bestseller. And the fact that it released in time for Valentine's Day, we're on track to hit all the numbers and do the talk show. So I'm really appreciative of you, James, because you give me an open forum to talk to literally thousands of listeners who, you know, truly are wondering, well, do I really need this book? I mean, everything that's ever been said about relationships has been said, right? Well, not really. There's a hidden secret that remains in the bedroom, and somehow I need to reveal that secret and show men and women how to start openly communicating. 
We've got a great guest with us today. Joins us live, mastering love, sex, and intimacy. It's Dr. Nick Delgado. He joins us today here on the telephone. Now, um, uh, Dr. Nick, uh, before we let you go, how do we get a hold of you online and pick up your book and everything else, my friend? Sure. Just go to Nick, N-I-C-K Delgado, D-E-L-G-A-D-O, NickDelgado.com, and then just click on where it says products, and that will take you to a page that has not only the supplement products that will really rebound the relationship, increase the orgasmic intensity and the pleasure and the length of erectile function for men, and and essentially help women to, to bring that libido on that's so missing in, in relationships that are longer than a few months. And also, if you go to nickdelgado.com, we have a very special offer where you get our online course with the purchase of the book and a positive review. That is a review on Amazon, uh, whether it's positive or negative, just a review. And we'll be happy to then include for absolutely free our special $250 online course for free. So if they want to visit delgadoprotocol.com, that's the direct link, um, and that's D-E-L-G-A-D-O protocol, P-R-O-T-O-C-O-L.com, and they can learn all about it. They'll call the number, 949-720-1554, and there's operators that can answer questions about the book and the free online course offer with the purchase of the book and a review. That's 949-720-1554. Fantastic. Well, Dr. Nick, have yourself a wonderful day. We'll talk soon. Thank you, man. Thanks, James. Appreciate it. There he goes, Dr. Nick Delgado. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we've got more coming up on the other side. Don't you wish there was a way to sell the stuff you don't use anymore? Higher service. And here was a linguist. I had a linguist. no idea. <laughs> I love I didn't know that. you were in But I didn't know that you were a wordsmith. <laughs> Call Jiggy right now. 267 22 Jiggy. Daddy Hey, Jiggy, what's happening, man? It must be that uh, David Bowie song. Jiggy Play Guitar. Jeff. It's a great name, man. Thanks so much for having me on the show. Presenting. I'm, I'm Mike Massey. I'm, uh, you know, you can catch me on Jiggy Jag TV and uh, see a few of my tricks up there. Thank you very much. Jiggy Jaguar. I never knew what freedom was until I saw you lose yours. Welcome to the next edition of the world-famous Chiggy Jaguar radio broadcast, coast-to-coast and boulder-to-boulder on 50-plus AM FM stations across the country and around the world, KFRK in Denver, World Radio Network. Also, find us on the mix on Tuesdays, Sunday radio broadcast each and every week. And Talk America Live each and every Saturday. Download our podcast at TalkShoe or go to J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-U-A-R.com for more information. We have been talking a little bit about these folks. We're going to continue to talk about these folks because they are absolutely amazing. They are our latest marketing partner here at Transmedia Worldwide. Check out tiny.cc slash FHF18. Uh, that's the GoFundMe link to a uh, incredible family house fire. The family's house burned down a few weeks ago, and my mom barely made it out alive and only had time to grab some shoes at her cat. House is completely destroyed, and it's still under investigation as to what happened exactly. But it's looking like poor electrical wiring because it made its way through the attic very quickly, not showing up on top of the roof, and therefore causing the firefighters to believe it was smaller than it actually was. Well, I'm currently living in Istanbul working on a documentary on the Syrian refugee crisis and working as an ESL teacher. So I'm not able to go home, and I'm trying to help from abroad as best I can. Check out 
GoFundMe.com. Search Family House Fire 18. Don't put any spaces in there. Just do Family House Fire 18. No spaces. Don't put any spaces in there. Don't do it. Don't do it. This is the Jiggy Jaguar Radio Show. Oh, yeah, we're back. We're big time, and it is the world-famous Cheeky Jaguar Radio Broadcast. Coast-to-coast, border-to-border on iHeartRadio. AMFM, 247.com, tune in iTunes. Of course, find our brand-new app, CheekyJaguar.com. Watch us on Twitch each and every Sunday. Find us on Talk America Live on the weekends, and also check out CheekyJaguar.com for more information. We've got a great new marketing partner we want to tell you about right now before we get into our next segment here on our world-famous Cheeky Jaguar radio broadcast. You know that I love the veterans. You know that we uh, we do a lot of veterans' issues on this broadcast, and uh, this campaign is excellent. The campaign has created a disabled housing facility for homeless disabled veterans. And, uh, for example, many other veterans, uh, this gentleman knows, are sleeping out in the rain, and we want to make sure that they get inside. Let's help our heroes. Check out GoFundMe.com, Homeless Veteran Housing. Search for that, Homeless Veteran Housing. And if you can't contribute, go ahead and share it on Facebook and Twitter. Many of the veterans who had their backs when it mattered the most are in trouble. You see, many veterans suffer from PTSD and their time spent in combat. And as a result, they are left homeless in the streets. And let's help them out today. They need your help. Go over to GoFundMe.com. Search Homeless Veteran Housing. They have a goal. They need to reach it. Let's help them reach it and find out more at GoFundMe.com. Thanks for listening. Transmedia Worldwide. Thanks for tuning in to Jiggy Jaguar 24-7. Brought to you by Jordan's Juice Barbecue Sauce. Juice it up with Jordan's online at Jordan'sJuice.com. Yes, indeed. It is the big broadcast. Coast to coast and bottom to bottom. Check out JiggyJaguar.com for more information. Also, iHeartRadio. Find us on TuneIn, iTunes, and of course, Twitch live streaming our Sunday radio broadcast each and every week. Social media as well. You can do all that on our app at JiggyJaguar.com. Let's tell you about one of our fantastic new marketing partners before we get to our second segment here on Transmedia Worldwide. Pet Store in more.com. You know I love the pets. You see them all on Instagram and Facebook and everything, but I know that lots of the fans and the folks, they love pets as well. It's an online pet store offering pet accessories, pet supplies for pets both large and small. You can find everything for horses, reptiles, fish, cats, dogs, and more. Find it now at PetStoreInMore.com. That's PetStoreAndMore.com. We'll spell it for you. P-E-T-S-T-O-R-E-N-M-O-R-E dot C-O-M. That's PetsAndMore.com. PetStoreAndMore.com. PetStoreAndMore.com. We're going to say it one more time for you. PetStoreAndMore.com. Hello? 
Hello. Good afternoon, Geraldine Hughes. It's James Lowe calling you for your radio interview about redemption, the truth. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Pretty good, actually. We have got a great guest with us today. Geraldine Hughes joins us behind the Michael Jackson molestation allegations, Redemption, the Truth, and a fantastic guest with us today. Geraldine, there is a lot going on with these these Leaving Neverland uh, documentaries and some of these different things in the news. Uh, Give us your thoughts on, on, on these guys. Well, my position hasn't changed since 1993. In 1993, I worked for the attorney who framed Michael Jackson of these charges, and I'm an eyewitness to the real story, which was an extortion scheme. So I've been saying since 93 that Michael was not a child molester, and I still stand on that. The documentary didn't change any uh, my perspective or it didn't change my uh, belief that Michael was the victim of an extortion and that the, extor- and that the child molestation allegations was manufactured to just to extort money from him because the young the young men that are claiming this now it's all about money now it's always been about money we we haven't had a victim come forward yet that said i want justice a true uh victim of peta of uh you know child molestation or child any form of child abuse when they come forward they pretty much want justice but for some reason these accusers that have come against michael they they have not gone after justice the only thing they want is money. We've got a great guest with us today. Joins us live here in our broadcast, Geraldine Hughes. And uh, so, so what, why why are these guys back uh, back here in the news and everything with with Michael being gone as long as he has been? Well, because if you uh, follow the facts and and not their story, you'll find out that they had, at one time, they had careers. Michael helped them with their careers. They had, you know, opportunities that they never would have had. And I, I really think that because Michael is not here to help them with their careers, their careers are failing. Um, Wade uh, Robson, which is the main uh, one here in this new allegation, He wanted to uh, be the choreographer for the Michaels uh, One, the Circle A show, and he applied for it, and he didn't get it. And the reason, you know, what people need to know is that the reason he didn't get it is because he lied about his experience. And so when they found out that he he wasn't all that he represented, he didn't get the job. And then we're finding out that right after he didn't get the job, that's when he uh, he filed the lawsuit against Michael's estate. And he's sitting there saying it's not about money, but that lawsuit that he filed was a $1.5 billion lawsuit. That's a lot of money for somebody to be charging somebody, and you haven't lost a life, you haven't lost a foot or a finger, but you're going after the estate. Well, that got thrown out. And so now this is their last-ditch effort is the documentary, I believe. We've got a great guest with us today. She joins us live in her broadcast. Geraldine Hughes is with us. And uh, this is a uh, Michael Jackson still in the news after all these years. Why do you think Michael is uh, still in the news after all these years? Well, Michael is still, uh, even though he's gone, and God bless his soul, he's he was 
is and was the greatest entertainer that has ever lived. He was worldwide, a phenomenon worldwide. His music is still out there, even though this is the year that we were pretty much uh, acknowledging his 10 year, the anniversary of his 10 years for, uh, since his death. And he's more alive now than he's as he was when he was living. And I don't think no other artist has reached that plateau that he has, that he's a worldwide, uh, you know, uh, the greatest entertainer that has ever lived. And even in his death, he's still just as much as, as alive because of his music. People loved his music, loved his dance, loved his, you know, people uh, seem to feel uh, failed to realize that he was the greatest uh, uh, giver. He was a philanthropist. He gave so much to this world, to mankind. And, you know, he was just known in so many different categories. It's hard to forget him. And But they finding out that there's still a market uh, available, and that is lies and propaganda. And I really do believe that's what's going on right now. But if you just look at the man, Michael Jackson, I mean, he's worthy to be honored. He he shouldn't be, you know, going through this. His family and his children shouldn't be subjected to what's going on. He should be honored for what he has done and the contributions that he has made to mankind. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast, the uh, fantastic, fantastic Geraldine Hughes. She's with us today, and she joins us here in our broadcast. She was the legal secretary for the attorney that represented the 1993 accuser's father. She was an eyewitness to the extortion scheme that launched the false allegations against Michael Jackson. She wrote a book called Redemption, the truth behind the Michael Jackson allegations. She's been supporting MJ's innocence since 1993 and admittedly claims that MJ Jay is not a child molester, but was, in fact, a victim of false allegations. Now, after seeing the uh, the Wade Robinson Sundance documentary, Leaving Netherland, um, this, this thing is uh, very interesting. Um, wh- wh- what do you think the reaction is going to be when this uh, comes out on, on TV? Well, they already aired it. They started with part one aired on Sunday night, and then they just finished airing part two on Monday last night. Um, There's a lot. It's probably the most talked about. I'm told that for HBO, it's their largest viewership that they've had in a long time, if ever. And, um, you know, there's a lot of lot going on because I did get the opportunity. I went and saw it at Sundance, so I kind of knew ahead of time what was going to uh, come out of it. Um, and I just think that it was, it's a very craft, it, it was the most craftiest put together documentary because a documentary is usually bringing both sides to the table. This documentary only brings the accuser and his family. There's no, uh, they didn't weigh the other side. They didn't weigh, you know, give family or or the attorneys of the estate a chance to put some input. It's a one-sided documentary that's really much, pretty much designed to just manipulate you into thinking that Michael was a child molester and they're making money off of that scenario all by itself there's no counter there they didn't even you know they're not even telling the real story about the accusers they're sitting there saying it's not about money they didn't bring up that well what about the 1.5 billion dollar lawsuit that you launched against the estate you know what about the book that you tried to shop that no publisher would pick up what about all the lies oh this is a point i've got to make okay go ahead jump in there 
Pardon? I said, go ahead, jump in there. Tell us all about it, my friend. Yeah, listen, listen. The young man that the main uh, man in this documentary, both of them were the main witness. Well, one was definitely the main witness, defense witness, that professed Michael's innocence on the 2005 trial. But he didn't just profess it then. He was also called on the grand jury in 1993. And he said Michael did nothing. And then he took the stand in 2005. But we found out that he didn't just take the stand. He went through grueling, a grueling investigation by three investigators as well as the police department. And that was before he took the stand. Then when he got on the stand, he not only gave his story, but he he withstood uh, a cross-examination by Ron Zone. And that was one of the best problems. Prosecutors that have, you know, he goes down as one of the best prosecutors. He withstood that, and then you get off the witness stand after professing that Michael, not only that he didn't molest you, but that he never touched you inappropriately. And then 10 years down the line, now all of a sudden you're saying he did. That's the problem everybody has with this. Um, they're saying, you know, a lot of people, even though the documentary was well made into enticing you or manipulating you, into believing Michael did something. But the problem people have with that documentary is that he professed Michael did nothing for so long, and now all of a sudden you're changing your story now? We have got a great guest with us today, Geraldine Hughes, with us today. She joins us live here in our program, and uh, she is pretty damn amazing. She is really motivated to get the uh, get the truth out there about Michael Jackson, and uh, Geraldine Hughes with us today here on our broadcast. Now, um, with with uh, this first allegation in '93 against MJ. Uh, what was some of the different uh, things at the time that uh, you thought didn't add up or or what have you? Well, I was working on the inside of the attorney's office that represented the first accuser's father. So I'm seeing on the inside what was going on and, you know, the timelines and everything. But the, I think the main thing was that when Chandler first came to our office for representation with the attorney, he was not he wasn't saying anything about child molestation. He wanted $20 million to make a movie and he needed to figure out a way to get that from Michael Jackson. And that was it. He was like, uh, you know, my attorney was the one that queried the the, uh, the Abrams, uh, the psychologist, and the only thing we typed on that letter was that there's a there's a uh, an adult male that's spending a lot of time with the child, and you know, what do you think about it? Well, his answer was. I cannot give a conclusive answer because I need to speak with the boy. He said, so until I speak with the boy, I cannot. He said, I would have reason to be concerned, but I can't give you a conclusive answer. Do you know that letter that that dentist, I mean, excuse me, that that psychologist uh, answered or responded to them with is the only thing that they had when they went to Michael Jackson to try and get the $20 million dollars. Other, with their suspicion that he's molesting the boy, all they had was a rebuttal letter from a psychologist to their initial query. That was it. That was all they had. They had nothing else. Wow. 
That is Geraldine Hughes. She's with us today here in our program. And uh, she's got a fantastic book, Redemption, The Truth Behind the Michael Jackson Allegations. If uh, MJ was innocent, why did he settle his civil lawsuit in 94, and why did he pay $20 million? Give us details on this. Okay, well, first of all, he didn't pay $20 million. Not one dime of that settlement money came out of Michael's pocket. His insurance company paid it. He, uh, Johnny Cochran came in. Uh, when Johnny Cochran came into the case, you know, his only goal was to settle it because they, they had filed some motions, and the motions were not uh, – Michael didn't win on these motions. Two of them he should have won. One motion had to do with preference. And preference is when you ask a judge, uh, I need this tried now, you know, as opposed to later, because it's supposed to be when it's involving uh, a minor that's so young that he won't remember or an, an elderly person that's so old that their memory is deteriorating. Well, this young boy was 13 at the time. He didn't. He was. He didn't fit in either category. But they granted him the ability to go forward with that civil case uh, while the criminal case was still open. And the other uh, motion that they lost was when they asked the court, could they? Uh, um, oh, that was it. Was that the civil case? Um, they were trying to put the civil case at bay um, while the criminal case was still going, and he allowed the civil case to still go forward, even though the criminal case had not ended. That's unconstitutional, and it never happens like that. So at that point, an attorney has to, when they see that the court isn't ruling in their favor, it's an attorney's job to tell the client, well, it looks like the judge may not be giving us, you know, fair rulings here or may not be ruling in our favor. So settlement is the, the way out, you know, when, when attorneys, you know, when they determine that. And so uh, when they made that determination that they were going to settle the case, they, all, they got with the insurance company. I remember them going back and forth with the insurance company. And they, when they found out that the insurance company was going to pay the claim, that's when they decided to settle the case. And from the inside, all I saw was them motioning Michael's money. They wanted to know where his money was at, how much money he made, uh, uh, you know, what was his sources of income. That's all they were motioning on the inside was they were trying to go after his money. That was it. We have got Geraldine Hughes with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast. She has a fantastic book, Redemption, the truth behind the Michael Jackson allegations. She's with us today here in our broadcast. Why do you think that MJ's not a pedophile, and why does he get this reputation? I believe Michael Jackson is not a pedophile because, first of all, he had an undying love for children. He didn't just have an undying love for little cute kids that were in the industry. When Michael built that Neverland Ranch, I mean, I've spoken to people that actually worked there and was told that Michael busted loads of kids used to come from schools, from underprivileged uh, communities. He he would bring kids there that were in the house that were, you know, uh, sick, and he also brought kids there that were dying almost on their deathbed. Michael loved children. He had a great love for children, and he did so much for children all over the world. He was 
uh, known for whenever he would go on a tour, he always made them find out what hospitals were in the country or in the community. And then in between t- uh, his tour, he would go there, visit the children. We see so much footage of that. He never wanted recognition because that was his love. He had a genuine love. Nobody that loves children like that, nobody that has that kind of heart for kids, not just um kids that are cute but hurting kids dying kids nobody that loves it's gonna when michael looked in the camera and said i would slip my wrist before i would hurt a child he meant that he had an undying love so that's why i don't believe that he was a a child molester because not one credible witness ever came forward to 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 prove it there's never been no proof you know he was he went under the investigation of the la county Sheriff, the L.A. County Police, Santa Barbara County Sheriff, Santa Barbara County Police. We found out later even there was even a 10-year probe on him from the FBI. And then he went to trial on a bogus case. That case didn't have never, he never should have been arrested behind that case. But Snedden was so bent on proving that he was right and Michael was a molester, he just took anything that he could take to arrest him and to bring him up on charges. When we got to the end of that trial, Michael shouldn't have never been arrested uh, on that case. So there's never been anyone credible. The people, the kids that he did hang with that were credible, like Macaulay Calkins, like Corey Feldman, like uh, uh, Beck Barnes, young man, these are kids that he hung with, too. They don't need money. You know, they don't need any fame or notoriety, and they stick with that. They still stand by their story that Michael was the kindest. He was the most gentlest. He was a giver. He gave to everybody, you know, and just nobody that meets that description is going to hurt a child. You know, these people that are making the accusations, they want money. They don't even, they're not even going after justice. That's not a true victim. That's a true money grubber. We've got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast. Uh, Redemption, the truth behind the Michael Jackson allegations. Geraldine Hughes with us today here in our program. On our next segment, we've got Antoinette Kurtz locked and loaded. We're going to get to her here in just a few. Now, um, Geraldine, before we let you go, uh, how do we find you online, social media, pick up your book, everything, my friend. How do we find you? Okay. Um, My book, Redemption, the Truth Behind the Michael Jackson Child Molestation Allegation, is still available on Amazon.com. And on social media, you can find me on Facebook, Geraldine Hughes. You can find me um, uh, on Facebook. (laughs) I try and, you know, I'm connected with uh, the fan base, so I try and, you know, I do try and make myself available as far as uh, social media uh, because a lot of people are following a lot, you know, a lot of the work that I do uh, concerning Michael's innocence. They like to follow me on that. But uh, we're we're working on a documentary regarding my book, and we also have in the wings working on a movie on it as well too. So uh, those are two things that you know for everyone to look forward to. That we want to get the truth out there. We want the world to hear the true story of how the uh, allegations began. They began as a result of an extortion, and that's it. We've got Geraldine Hughes with us today. And, Geraldine, you have a fantastic, fantastic rest of your day and rest of your week. And uh, I appreciate you making time for us today. Thanks for coming on the big broadcast. We appreciate it. 
Thank you for having me. Definitely. There goes Geraldine Hughes on Skype Audio. We are going to take a break. And when we come back, we have got Antoinette Kurtz coming up here on the program. fantastic fantastic app 50 plus am fm stations across the country and around the world we have got our next guest coming up here in a few moments we will talk to omar quadrant and uh al rizzoli and of course our good friend dan percher do you know a teacher we need teachers to join the new teachers marketplace at i love to teach 101.com teachers do you have a worksheet or two that could you could smarten and sell Teachers, do you have a super activity that you could record on your phone and sell? We let you keep 90% of the sales if you sign up as a pro vendor. We give away a significant part of our revenue to teachers in need. We help teachers in need who live in low economic countries. If you join this month, you could win $500 in cash by the end of February. All you have to do is join and earn credits to win. They're going to be having a cash bonus each and every month. Come check them out today at I Love to Teach 101.com. That's the letter I L O V E T O T E A C H 101.com. And that's the number one, the number zero, and the number one.com. And tell them you heard about it here, Transmedia Worldwide. We have got Antoinette Kurtz joining us for our final segment here on our big program. She is fantastic. We love Antoinette, and uh, glad she's back with us today here on our program. By the way, if you want to find us on iHeartRadio, download the iHeartRadio app today and listen to us live. Also, Antoinette Kurtz is a uh, book developer, literary publicist, founder of the La Jolla Writers Conference. Also, check out LaJollaWritersConference.com. And the latest book is A Thousand One Ways to Celebrate America. And uh, she joins us today here in a broadcast. The topic today, what books can teach us. While most of us think of fiction books as pure entertainment, sometimes it is far more than that. With us today to talk about this book is our good friend, book developer, literary publicist, and the founder of the La Jolla Writers Conference, our good friend, Antoinette Kurtz. Antoinette, first of all, what is fiction and what is nonfiction? Because I always get these two confused. <laughs> Most people do. And I think the problem is when you say nonfiction, you think not true. Yes. But nonfiction is not untrue. So <laughs> fiction consists of short stories and novels about imaginary people and events. Doesn't mean that real people, places, and events can't be used within the stories. In fact, they often are. Fun tidbit is that when a writer writes a, a story and uses a street name or writes a distance or talks about a costume or whatever, and, and they're not correct, writers, uh, readers will get back to them on it, will correct them. Yes. But in fiction, the key is that the people and interpersonal events driving the story are products of the author's imagination. With nonfiction, the writing is based on facts, real events, and real people, such as biography or history. It's a simple recitation of facts. Now, those facts may be told in a, in a narrative voice so that a biography may read more like a novel 
but it's never the, nevertheless purely fact. We have got Antoinette Kurtz with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast. Coast to coast, border to border, on TuneIn, iTunes, and of course, TalkShoe.com, KFRK in Denver as well. Do they ever cross over? Have, have, have you ever heard of this, or what can you tell us about this? Oh, sure. In fact, uh, genres that do that are now called faction. And it means oh, fantastic. Let's not... complicate it even more. <laughs> I know, I know. That's not official. But I know. You know, writers will sometimes novelize an historical event or the life of an historical person to make a book more appealing. Yes. In a book like, like this, there, there, there'll be a lot of verifiable facts and events but the dialogue is created by the author, and liberties can be taken with events to make the story flow. Um, every time a writer sets a book in a moment in history, every time a writer uses the name of a real person or a real street or cites a specific event, there's a bit of a crossover. The key is that while fiction contains facts, nonfiction should not contain non-truths. Okay, now we're getting somewhere. <laughs> now, now we're getting somewhere, my friend. We have Am got. I, I'm making it clear for you. You, you, you are making the complex understandable, my friend. Okay, good. Uh, <laughs> Antoinette Kurtz with us today. Check out LaHoyaWritersConference.com. Also, check out StrategiesPR.com for more information. And uh, today, what books can teach us? Now. Why is fiction uh, seem, seems to be a great vehicle for messaging, teaching, things like this? All right. Quite simply, fiction entertains. And as any educator will tell you, we listen better and learn more when we're entertained. Yes. Uh, take, for example, The Last of the Mohicans by James Fenimore Cooper. It's, it's considered by many to be the very first great American novel. Um, it's funny to think we didn't have a canon of American novels way before him. But, um, you know, they, they only started with him and a couple of others. And this book took place during the French and Indian War, a conflict which pitted the British colonial settlers and regular forces against French forces. And both sides re relied on Native Americans. The novel not only talked about history, but it also talked about what Cooper saw as the, the coming need for assimilation, uh, assimilation by Native Americans. It also talked about what he saw as the probable balance of, of, of races in this country. There is a lot in that read. And, and to show that the read stands the test of time, think of how many times it's been made into a movie. Well, you are correct. You are correct on that. Mm -hmm. It is uh, a fantastic, fantastic uh, segment with us today. We're talking about what books can teach us. And uh, Antoinette Kurtz has already cleared a lot of things up that I've always wondered. I've always never understood the difference between fiction and nonfiction. I've always got them backwards. And then uh, she she is she's explaining all sorts of things to us. This is a really good segment. Now, what, what are some of the novels that have uh, included strong messages over the years? Well, cer certainly most of the novels that Cooper, all of the novels that Cooper wrote. But on the, you know, looking at the dark side of our Puritan roots and religious hypocrisy, we look at Hawthorne's The Scarlet Letter. Again, yes. The Scarlet Letter was, was made into a movie several times. 
Moving to the 20th century, we have Upton Sinclair's The Jungle, a novel that's an examination of, of workers' rights. Yes. And Sinclair Lewis with Elmer Gantry and Babbitt. He was the first American to win the Nobel Prize for Literature, and he looks at hypocrisy in religious leaders. Elmer Gantry um, was made into a movie more than 30 years after its debut. Then there's F. Scott Fitzgerald, who chronicles the lives of the lost generation, the young people living post-World War I. And John Steinbeck's The Grapes of Wrath gives readers a real window into what it was like to face economic hardships compounded by drought during the Great Depression. It's amazing to me how many of these great novels became great movies, even decades after they were written, which gives you a sense of their ability to transcend time. And that ability comes from the shared humanity within the books. There's a common, there are common human themes within these books. We have got Antoinette Kurtz with us today. Um, a side note here, why do you think that these themes hit home the way that they do? Because we, we all feel them. We all feel a sense of family. We all feel um, fear at being um, um, alienated from society or from our homes. Um, we all feel frustration. So many, we all look at certain elements of religious hypocrisy with, um, with disdain and wonder what we can do about it, even though we love our religions. I mean, there are so many just strong themes in good literature that we relate to no matter what the year is or the century is. The human condition is the human condition. Fantastic. Fantastic. We have got a uh, great guest with us today. Antoinette Curse joins us here on our big broadcast, wrapping up a uh, incredible, incredible program today. And um, now you've got uh, a lot of uh, you work with a lot of different folks. You work with a lot of ed- a lot of educators, folks like this. What are some educators missing about literature today? Literature often mirrors history, bringing it alive through story. Um, for example, when, I, when teaching American history, reading great American novels that reflect the periods being studied provides a living sense of what happened, of how society reacted. When I taught American literature, I did exactly the opposite. I had my students also dissect the history of the period about which the books were written. Were I still teaching right now, today, I'd have my students reading Orwell's 1984. Um, are you familiar with 1984? Yes, indeed. And sometimes I often think we're living in 1984. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, so. and each side of the aisle will say that the other side of the aisle is the leadership in 1984. <laughs> but what, you know? Yes, you are correct. You are <laughs> but, extremely correct, my friend. <laughs> yeah, and you know, the book was first published in 1949. That's 70 years ago. And yet it presents readers of the world divided into three states, one consisting, uh, consisting of the Americas, uh, Pacific, Australia, and the British Isles, Eurasia, which is Europe and Russia, and East Asia, the rest of the world. And continuous warfare between these three is required, you know, to keep, to keep peace. It's, um, there are, there's so much of what's going on today, the idea that you have to, you have to be one with the party. You have to toe the party line, and you have to speak only what is the party's truth. 
is right there in that book. I don't know whether Orwell was prescient or 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 what, but if you read 1984, it's like it's like he was a fly on the wall today. Yes. <laughs> very much so. Very much so. We have got uh, our our good friend Antoinette Kurtz with us today. She joins us live here in our broadcast. Now, as we wrap up here, uh, d- tell us a little about what you've got coming up for the La Jolla Writers Conference and everything. Well, it's it's in October. It's the weekend for Halloween. I think that's the twenty fifth to the twenty seventh this year. I believe so. Yes, of October, and it's La Jolla L A J O L L A for anyone who doesn't live in the Southwest here. Um, the the H sound is actually a J, and um, we have we offer about seventy classes from which to choose over the weekend. Half of which are interactive workshops and half of which are lectures. We always have a wonderful faculty with about a six-to-one student-faculty ratio. And um, Writer's Digest called us one of the 84 conferences in the country worth your money. Everybody involved in the La Jolla Writers Conference, from those of us who organize it to those of us who teach at it, donates their time to keep the cost down for aspiring authors. Fantastic. Well, I appreciate it, Antoinette, and uh, we look forward to talking to you next week. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Jiggy. Talk to you soon. Definitely. Have a good one. There goes Antoinette Kurtz, and that wraps it up here for our big broadcast today. We'll see you next time. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, only prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.